thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's always an honor to be able to be on this stage and preach to you guys, to preach to the youth every Wednesday. Um, Pastor Jesse, he likes to share the stage. It's not all about him. And I'm so thankful to serve a pastor that believes in his staff, believes in the members of his church, believes in the youth of the church. It's such an honor to serve under a pastor that is so honoring. So thank you, Pastor Jesse, for letting me be up here. I love it. Um, The past two days, our whole youth team has spent time planning for 2022. Get excited. If you have teens that aren't coming on Wednesdays, you need to get them there. We have some awesome things planned, and I'm so blessed to serve with so many awesome youth leaders. They love your kids. They love them. They pour into them. And I just want to encourage you parents, we're here to come alongside you. What you're teaching them at home, you passing on your faith to them, We're here to partner with you in that. We just want to be another voice speaking that truth into them because just the reality is sometimes they're not going to listen to you just because you're their parent. So we're here to echo what you are already telling them. So please get them there. We want to, to see them flourish. We want to see them grow. We love it. And I just want to say something too that maybe you're out there and you're looking at, you know, you, we've had three well, including myself, two awesome preachers already up here. And maybe you're looking at that and you're thinking, man, I wish, I wish, I wish that was me. I wish I was the one up there doing that. We're just here honoring the call on our life. Honor the call that's on your life. Honor the call. This is just our call. What's yours? Honor it. God gave it to you for a reason. I don't know who that's for, but I believe it's for someone in here. Honor your call. Come on. All right, we're going to get into the word today. So if you have your Bible, open it up to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel 17, starting in verse 33, it says, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Go. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. 
David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Just reach out your hands with me if you want to receive from God this morning. God, I thank you that you call us that you appoint us, that you anoint us, God, that you use us. Every single one of us in here. God, I pray this morning that we would hear this story in a new light, that we would be re-encouraged by your word this morning, and that our passion would be relit this morning as we go out to fight for you, God, in this world, to fight for your truth, to fight for your people, to take ground for your kingdom god we love you and we praise you in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. as you take your seats turn to your neighbor and say go back turn to your other neighbor and say it again go back so i'm going to start this message with Um, a divisive question, because that's always a good way to start, right? Let's divide the crowd right away. (laughs) Do any of you like to work out? Raise your hand if you like to work out. Okay, awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, now keep your hand raised if you actually work out. You like it and you actually do it. Okay, awesome. Put your hands down. Okay, raise your hand if you don't like working out. Okay, keep your hand raised if you work out anyways. Okay, these are the real MVPs. Let's give them a hand. (laughs) Come on. Doing something they don't like because they know it's good for them, right? I definitely fall in the category of not liking to work out. I'll just be honest. I don't like doing it. I know what's good for me. I know all of the benefits. It's supposed to make me healthier. Do all of these things. I'm sure it does but I still don't like it, okay? But the times that I have worked out and I've been most consistent were in college when I was training for what's called the Cooper test. So if you don't know what that is, that's the physical testing to become a police officer. You have to go through all of those things. And it helped because I had a specific goal in mind. I should say goals uh, because there's different exercises that you have to meet a standard to. I had specific goals. You see, it's made up of four different categories. There's endurance, upper body, core, and flexibility. And each one of them had a standard that I had to meet. So you know what my workout consisted of? Those four categories, right? I wasn't going to do anything else. I was just going to do the things to get me to those four specific goals. I knew what I needed, and so I trained for it. And the fact that I had those goals made the workout bearable. Trust me, I still didn't enjoy it, but it was bearable. But it also helped when I had someone with me. 
I had my, my workout buddy, right? Or those of you who actually work out, maybe you call them a spotter. <laughs> your workout buddy, right? The person to make sure that you didn't die while you're working out. And this was especially helpful at the time because like I said, this was when I was in college. And I went to UNI and they had this awesome facility for working out. What really helped is that it was free, so I didn't have to even pay to go there to work out. But I needed my buddy because when I went there, I'm going to be honest, it felt like a pickup zone. Oh, I hated it. You walk in and it just felt like people were watching you, waiting for you to look like you didn't know what you were doing and then be like, hey, you need a spot? I can be here. I could spot you, right? So if I went by myself, it was headphones in and the face of I know what I'm doing, even though I didn't. I made it look like I knew what I was doing, right? But having my workout buddy helped. It kept me on track. I made sure that I, I was doing what I needed to do. And over time, I found the key to successful workouts, consistency. The key was being consistent. It was always so much harder to get my butt back to the gym after I skipped a couple days, right? And if you've been there, you know that the workout is always harder after you've skipped a couple days. And you feel it. Not the next day, it's the second day. <laughs> the second day, you really feel it. But the more consistent I was, the more success that I had. The more consistent I was, the stronger I got. The easier the exercises became. And the more comfortable and familiar I became. Not just with the exercises, but with the environment. And even with the people that were there. And on the days I did skip, my workout buddy was there to say, go back. Get your butt back to the gym. Just go. So the title of my message today is Go Back. Go back, church. We need to go back to the things of God. We need to go back to a consistent rhythm with him. Consistent. We need to go back to pushing ourselves, challenging ourselves, even when it hurts being pushed, go back. See, I was talking to a parent of one of our youth a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how the schools, they really have no problem with this. And teens, you know this. The schools push you, right? They have expectations. They have standards. They're not afraid to push teens, to stretch them, and they expect them to rise to their expectations. They don't have a problem with putting on some pressure. But as we were talking, we were noticing how then teens, they come to church, Big C Church, and we're afraid of putting the pressure on. We are afraid of challenging them. We're afraid of pushing them. But the danger here is that 
the school, the world, social media influencers, fill in the blank, are pressuring our teens into false realities. It's so dangerous. False identities that are creating anxiety, depression, suicide. When we don't step up to push them towards true identity, to push them towards Christ, they are left with what the world gives them. And it's trash. We have to push them to Christ. And I think that we as the church have become lax. And I'm not talking about just with our teens. We've all become lax in being pushed, being uncomfortable. We've stopped pushing ourselves and pushing each other. Now, teens, I'm not talking about going up to your friend and physically pushing them. I know where your mind's already going. It's not what I'm talking about. But what I am saying is that we need to get back to training. Get back to training. Get up and get our butts to the gym. Get back to training. Go back to working out. Go back to discipline. Go back to working our spiritual muscles. Because you know I'm not here just talking about our physical fitness, right? Get back to our spiritual disciplines. And not the punishment definition of discipline, right? Because I know when I said discipline, people in here were cringing. Because <laughs> we cringe at that word. Discipline. But I'm talking about the discipline that it means to train in self-control or obedience. Train in self-control or obedience. It makes us uncomfortable because it means that we have to put in some effort. We have to actually do something. Discipline doesn't just happen. We have to put in the work. It's an intentional decision to be disciplined. And it's time for us to go back to training. Go back to developing and growing our faith. So what are some of these spiritual disciplines? I'm so glad you asked. You know, I didn't have this in my notes, but one of the things that came to mind would be coming to church, right? We're just going to start with that one. Come to church. Come to church every week. Not once a month, not once every six weeks. Come to church every week. Every week. But guess what? Just sitting in this seat and listening isn't going to do it. That's not enough. So, you need to read the word. Get out your Bible and read it. Every day, read it. Highlight in it. Make a note in it. Ask questions. Oh my gosh, where has our curiosity gone? It's so easy to read a passage but not really absorb it because we aren't asking questions. When has it become bad to ask a question? Question the word. Question God. Wrestle with your faith. Come on. 
and talk about it. Talk about what God is showing you. Talk about what you're reading. Get in the word. Pray. We need to pray every day. Pray on your own. Pray out loud. Pray in the spirit. Pray with and for people. If you're in here and the thought of praying for someone is uncomfortable, you need to start doing it. That's how you push yourself. If it's uncomfortable, you do it. Pray every day continually. We need to get back to memorizing scripture. Why is it that we so encourage kids to memorize scripture, but us as adults, we've just stopped? Right? I'm talking to myself too. When was the last time that you intentionally memorized a verse? You've picked one that's really hit home with you and you sit down and you practice it. And then you rehearse it to your spouse, to your friend, until you have it memorized. When was the last time? Because you see, we encourage kids to do it because we know it's important. We know. The author of Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yes, knowing the word, it leads us away from sin, but I also like to think of it like this, that when lies try to come in, the truth is like, boo! Because it's already there. It's scaring away the lies, right? It's hidden in your heart. It knows what is true, and so the lies can't permeate. We need to get back to worshiping. Not just in here, at home, in your car, with your family, worshiping God. Sing to him. Praise his name. Thank him. Declare his goodness. Worship him. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Get back to praising him. You know, when, when I have friends or teens come to me and they tell me about a really bad day that they've had, they list through these, these things that have happened, and I listen to them. And then sometimes I hear the, the Spirit say, okay, we need to flip it. So I say, tell me two good things that have happened to you today. Praise him. In the midst of a crappy day, praise him. And we need to get back to sharing the gospel. Talk about God's forgiveness. Talk about his faithfulness. 
Tell people what God did and wants to do for them. Every day. I preached about this at youth a couple weeks ago that we need to be ready in and out of season whether the time is favorable or not. It feels like we're living in a time where sharing the gospel is not favorable, right? The things of God don't seem favorable to the world. The stance of the world on issues like gender, sexuality, sex, marriage, it doesn't change our call to share the gospel. Come on. The stance of the world doesn't change our call to share the gospel. Whether the time is favorable or not, share the gospel. We should never stop disciplining ourselves. Never stop growing. Never stop learning. Never stop training. Get back to training. You see, we can't be out of training because we need to get back to fighting. Church, get back to fighting. When we're out of training, we stop even approaching the battle. We've been scared to even approach the battle line. When the fight comes, we don't want to be out of discipline, out of step with the Holy Spirit. When we find ourselves out of training, we forget that our enemies aren't really our enemies. They're not really our enemies. They aren't fighting us. They're fighting God. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Jesus told his disciples this because he knew what they were going to face. He knew that we would feel personally attacked. He knows our nature. He knows what's so easy to jump back into. They're not our enemies. When we have the perspective that the enemies are against us, we try to fight on our own terms. Fighting on our own terms usually comes from an emotional place, a place of anger or hurt or bitterness, offense. And so then our words or actions are overly defensive. Like, I know that she did not just say that. <laughs> I'm going to tell her how it really is in front of everyone. But I don't mean like really in front of everyone. I mean in the comments, right? Because who does that anymore? That's overrated to actually tell them to their face. Come on, we've all been there, right? Overly defensive. We start to fight dirty. We take the low blows. We start to call names, attack their character. But it's because we have forgotten whose army we are a part of. 
we've forgotten who we are representing. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather fight on his terms than on mine. I want to fight with his power and his authority. But I also want to fight with his love and with his grace. Then when the fight calls and you have been training, use what you've tested. Use what you're used to what you've been trained in, what you've been practiced in. Use what you know that God has already blessed. Was a sword or a spear a bad weapon for David to use? No. They weren't bad weapons. David just wasn't trained in them. He wasn't practiced. So he went back to his training and to what what he trusted that God had already prepared him in and he knew that God would bless his weapons again. The weapons that he knew, the ones that were tried and true. Go back. But more importantly, David knew whose army he was fighting for. His confidence didn't just rely on his training, but on his trainer, on his commander. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. You come to me with lies, with discouragement, anxiety, depression, financial ruin, divorce, fear. But I come in the name of the Lord. I come in the name of Yahweh, of Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner because the victory is his. The fight is his. We have to get back to approaching the battle. Come on, church, fight. We have to get back to fighting. Man, we've stood on the sidelines for too long. It's time to step up to the battle line and fight. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your kids. Fight for healing. Fight for our country. Fight for our leaders. Fight for our church. Fight for the truth. Fight for the gospel to be known from the ends of the earth for his name to be declared. Come on. We have to get back to fighting. And lastly, we need to get back to the army. Get back to the army. As David is confronting Goliath, we see him come to this same conclusion. 
Later on in chapter 17, listen to what David says. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. <laughs> this very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into our hands. Into our hands, you see where his perspective has shifted. Into our hands. We need to be a unified front fighting with each other not against each other and not on our own as one body fighting for one kingdom of god in the name of the king we are fighting so church are you ready are you ready for the fight a lot of you are if you aren't, just get back to training. Get back to the training. Look back on those spiritual disciplines. Start doing them every day. Get back to training so that we're ready to fight. Come on, would you just stand with me as we praise God in this place? Praise God if you receive that word. Praise him. The worship team is, they're going to come out and we're going to end singing the song, Dancing on the Graves. Come on. We're going to fight together as we worship him. Because like Pastor Rob said, we send out the worship team first. So it's going to start with our worship and with our praise. So let's fight. Declare this together as one body, as one army. Stand with your brothers and your sisters and fight together. Come on, lift each other up. We're here to be the body so that we can strengthen one another, encourage one another, and push each other. Church, push each other to God. Push each other to the things in his word. We need to get back to challenging ourselves and challenging our brothers and sisters in Christ. Get back in the fight. Get off the sidelines. Stop standing by. And you know, the way that you fight, it might be different. We're not all fighting the same way. Just like David was fighting with his stones when Saul would have been fighting with his sword and his spear, God's given you different weapons. Use the weapons that you know. Use the ones that he has given you and that he has blessed you with. Honor your call. That's what I feel like it's coming back to. Honor your call. And as we're singing and declaring this song, 
It's my prayer that God would be enlarging your faith. That your faith would be enlarged. That it would be stretched. To declare his name in the midst of a giant. In the midst of the giant. Declare his name. Yahweh. Yahweh. The Lord is my banner and the victory is his. So worship team, are you guys ready? Lead us in the battle. All right, church, let's worship. Fight this. Declare this. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to MyEternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.